When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Great moments are born from great opportunity. So you're telling me there's a chance. Average Joe's wins in a shocking upset. I feel shocked. You suck compared to me. So you guys are two prep school white guys to podcast. We are underdogs. They stay ready so you don't have to get ready. I haven't even told anybody this. This is kind of crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome. To the Longshot Podcast, I'm your host, Davis Reed, and I am back with the co-host. Are you now officially the co-host? I'm definitely the co-host. Uh, I have a question for you, Davis. Yeah. How is your back? Because I imagine it's it in some pain yeah, it hurts. for carrying the Longshot Podcast yeah. over yeah. the last, what's it been, five weeks? I didn't really want to start the show. Um, with. Speaking, you know, I, we should start the show with you getting your flowers. Uh-huh. You know, you've given out a lot of flowers on this show. I thought you were going to cut me off from bringing the show in. I thought about it. I almost just interjected yeah. and was like, whoa, this is, hello and welcome, it's my line. Um, but a part of it just didn't feel right. Yeah. You know, I felt like you kind of deserved that moment. I feel like you've earned that you moment. You let me have the stage. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, you've put in a lot of hours, a lot of thought, a lot of sleepless nights, I'm sure, uh, into preparations for the show, into yeah. executing. Uh, I know you don't do any of the really back-end stuff, the no. editing. Shout out to Blue Wire, yeah. because they certainly yes. uh, take the burden off of, off of you for that. But uh, I do feel like you deserve your flowers, and I think you've gotten them. I don't have some literal flowers, even though there's a nice plant right there. Maybe you could grab that. Yeah. And uh, I'm gonna consider that, that could suffice as some flowers. Thank you so much. Um, speaking of plants and and kind of the the context in which we're doing this, and we are back in the great state of New Hampshire, uh, the Granite State. Uh, I Is believe that right? They call it, yeah the Granite State. Hmm. Lots of granite, uh, granite capital of the United States, in fact. Um, I don't know if that's true. No, it is true. Okay. There's a lot of granite. Uh, that was the live free or die state. It's also the live free or die state. I, I love that tagline, 603, uh, all the way to my core, man. Uh, absolutely. It feels good to be back here. You very kindly made the trip, yeah. uh, hopped on a flight from Kansas City, and yeah, we're doing this this one back in person. This one felt like one we needed to do in person. Yeah, 1,000%. It would have felt a little disingenuous to do it over Zoom uh, for a variety, variety of reasons, but I also haven't seen you in a while. True. Um, so it was an excuse to to catch up, and uh, we played a little golf, yeah. uh, which was also nice. Got a little sun. Um, got a little sun. Just tell. a touch. Uh, the weather up here is is pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, about seventy degrees away from the the Miami South Florida humidity. Uh, but no, it's it's been nice to to be back. It has. No, it's great to be here. I told you. I said uh, we took last week off. We let things simmer for a little bit uh, after you guys lost Game Seven, and then I said, Dunk, I'm coming to find you. 
I don't care where you are. I don't know if you're in Miami. I don't know if you're in Boston, but we're doing this. And so That's here right. we are. Or New Hampshire. We got a lot to, I don't know where you want to start. Well, there's a lot of different places we could start. Um, you know, full disclosure, we're kind of running off cuff on this. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a lot of content out there to be discussed as we've uh, acknowledged. I've been away from the pod for a little while, but uh, it, it is nice to be back. Uh, also, a little bit of anxiety about coming back For as sure. well. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, there's sort of multiple elephants in the room. Um, purple cows in the room. Purple cow, multiple purple cows in the room that we should probably address. So I don't know where you where you want to start. Maybe you can kind of direct and guide the conversation. Sure. I, well, I want to maybe we go chronologically because the last sure. the last you were here was right before the playoffs. Um, with Mo, we sat down with Mo for a two part. That was a fun one, yeah. And uh, and and then you locked in for zero dark fifty five, as we called it. Uh, and the playoffs started with a with a bang for you and for the Miami Heat. You guys crushed the Hawks in game one. You go nine for ten from the field, eight for nine from three. Fun fact: the most efficient shooting game in NBA playoff history since they started tracking that stat. Did you know that? Am I breaking that news? I did not know that. It's true. Chris Paul goes 15 for 15 this year in the playoffs. Your 9 for 10 was technically more efficient because you hit so many threes. Threes. True shooting percentage of like 129%, I think. I mean, yeah, but that's these analytics, man. You just can't <laughs> you just can't trust them these days, you know. Just a bunch of bunch of pencil pushers in a in a back dark room somewhere. I want the eye test, Dave. And I saw Chris Paul go fifteen of fifteen, so I'm gonna say that that's the most efficient. It was it was impressive. Serge Ibaka has also had a perfect eleven for eleven in two thousand twelve. Wow. But your nine for ten is more efficient than both of those. You're throwing I mean, in the I mean, yes, I don't I don't understand that you can get more efficient than hundred percent, but I'd actually, I don't either. I'm not here yeah. to break down the numbers. But Anyways. the point being, I mean, you were throwing it in the ocean. You started off the playoffs with a bang. <laughs> Eight for nine. Yes. What was it, 27? 27. Yeah, started off with a bang. That's uh, that's where it started. <laughs> and then it went a whole bunch of uh, other different directions. But yeah, I mean, you know, that first series with the Hawks, obviously we our kind of physicality uh, and, and the tone that we set just from a physical standpoint, night in and night out in that series, I think was really the difference maker. And uh, they obviously got one uh, in Atlanta, which they're, I mean, if you look at their record towards like the basically the last third of the season in Atlanta, they had they basically hadn't lost. So the fact that we got one in Atlanta was big. Um, but yeah, you know, I think our defense really shined in that series. Uh, offensively as well, Jimmy was was really really impressive, and then you saw Vic, you know, come in and close it out with Jimmy and Kyle both being out. Gabe played really well, stepped up. Um, Max had a big game in there, I think, game four in Atlanta. So it was, you know, really kind of a, a group effort, I guess, if you will. Uh, obviously, you saw. I, I think what you're you're trying to get to here is I'm not trying to get to anything. The the game one to game two dichotomy uh, that also kind of for me personally, that also kind of set the tone for the rest of the playoffs, which was uh, surprising to some extent uh, from a personal standpoint, challenging uh, as well. Uh, I, I think in general, the the entire playoff run, obviously for, for us as a team, you know, I thought we had stretches where we played just really, really good basketball. And just to be a part of that in general is always a special thing, go on a run, take it all the way to, you know, being one win away from, playing in the finals uh obviously i played in the finals before but 
still it's something you never ever want to take for granted and being that close um, regardless of what role or situation you're in uh, is something that you know I think every high competitive person you know is after you know that that feeling of competing at the the highest level being the the feeling of being one of the two teams that are playing when 28 are sitting at home Um, I mean you look at somebody like Al Horford we were talking about this last night when we were watching the game the career that he's had incredible career incredible player multiple time all-star been on some really good teams teams that have finished first in their conference made playoff runs and he's playing in his first finals at 36 years old Um, you know so for myself being in year four and having being on the doorstep of being in my second finals is not something that I take for granted at all because I've just heard so many stories and I'm fortunate enough to not be able to necessarily speak to experience because I've been on really good teams since I've been in the NBA, but that this stuff is just not guaranteed. You know, you can put together a roster and think, oh, you know, we got a chance. We're, we're a competitor. We, we could win it all. And very rarely do the pieces all come together where you can get as close as we did. So, you know, from that standpoint, the team standpoint, um, just super appreciative and grateful to, to be a part of that experience and uh, to learn and to watch and to live it and to to face adversity in a series from a team standpoint, you know, seeing how people come together and, uh, you know, find solutions and try to win games, win games in different ways. That's what the playoffs is all about. And then also from an individual standpoint, uh, face that adversity, personal adversity of a situation that, you know, in the NBA, outside of my first year where I was kind of a two-way a situation that I really hadn't been in in a while so from that standpoint big big time learning experience um you know something that obviously uh, i won't soon forget uh which i think is a a good thing in a variety of ways won't soon forget from the standpoint of uh kind of acknowledging and learning um about playoff basketball and seeing it but then also won't soon forget from a motivational standpoint as well understanding um you know, that's a situation from a personal standpoint that I don't want to be in again and uh, making sure I do my due diligence to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, a couple of things. One, I think you do have experience. You went to the finals your first full year in the NBA. Then you guys get swept in the first round and then you're back to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, that's right. a that's a broad spectrum of obviously you can miss the playoffs. Yeah. but to I've also the, missed the playoffs. First year, missed the playoffs. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you have. I, I mean, we've talked about how you have now crossed the threshold into being a quote-unquote veteran in the NBA with your – you're going into year five now. Yeah. So you have. You've seen a bunch of different outcomes for a, a team. So you do have that experience. As a player, you also have that experience. Maybe not at the NBA level, but this whole podcast is about how many times you've gone from – starter to sixth man to it happened at Michigan you went through it in high school like it and I talked about that with Harry I talked about that with your mom it's like these weren't new experiences for you you've gone through this roller coaster before does it make it any easier this is obviously on a bigger scale yeah I mean I it doesn't make it easier you know I mean it it makes it familiar in that it's not necessarily uncharted territory and you know I, I was thinking about this the other day and, and having this conversation with some people who have been in similar situations in their respective careers and in different ways, you know, so they're not perfectly comparable situations, but, and I've said this on this podcast before, it does not matter if you're playing JV basketball, if you're playing middle school basketball, if you're playing uh, college basketball, if you're playing in the NBA, the highest level, not playing 
is it sucks like in a lot of ways uh especially when you feel that you're capable and you feel that you can help win um it's a really really challenging feeling to combat especially when you're on the cusp and in the midst of a run where your team is playing really well it's this really challenging mix of emotions of excitement because you've sacrificed so much to the team uh and for your own in your own personal life um to be in this situation but you also understand that with that sacrifice comes an expectation that and and i'm not somebody that i don't need to be the center of it all I, i very much have a certain level of awareness of and where I kind of fall in a pecking order of, of, uh, the social or or not necessarily social, but like hierarchy of, of the NBA. But from the standpoint of just wanting to, to feel like you have a role where you're contributing to winning. Um, and, and that's where it gets really challenging because it's this internal mix of feeling like you're capable and competent to contribute, to perform and, not necessarily whether it be getting that opportunity or feeling as if you've maximized the opportunities that you've had to parlay them into further opportunities. So, I mean, yeah, I, I have been in those situations before in terms of you know being taken out of a starting lineup, having my role shift in the middle of a season. Um, but at the end of the day, it doesn't make it any easier. And, and that's something that I think is talked about all the time in terms of in general team settings, right? People talk all the time about sacrifice. What does it take to win? Well, we're going to need some people to sacrifice. And sacrifice is something that's really easy in theory, especially when you're the one telling other people, yeah, you got to sacrifice and do this. Um, But this was definitely one point in my career where the onus of sacrifice fell on my shoulders, where I needed, I was really (laughs) the person that was really sacrificing. Um, or felt that I was. I'm not the only one sacrificing. Other guys are obviously sacrificing as well. Um, but in that sense, you know, it's a, it's a real challenge. And what I tried to do, and I'm not saying that I was always perfect in doing so, um, but I, I do. I am proud in, in how I handled uh, the quote unquote adversity. Mind you, once again, and I've said this before on the show, is like this is basketball adversity, which is all relative in the grand scheme of many things. So maintaining that perspective. One, first and foremost, I think is important. Um, but then just just also understanding that, you know, some of what's happening to me is outside of my control and what I can control is how I respond to it, you know, how I choose to embrace these challenges uh, and how I choose to embrace them publicly in, in a team setting, not necessarily to like the masses. That's, that's not really as important uh, as much as it is just being like the consummate professional internally uh, and not being disruptive because when you're trying to do something special as a team, that's where it can get tricky because you need every little thing to be in check. You can't have distractions. You can't have, you know, egos, mixed emotions, pulling people this way or that way. So what I really try to do is just kind of lock my mind into, okay, if this is the new reality of my role, then as corny as it sounds like I need to do whatever it takes to excel in it. Um, now, once again, I cannot reiterate how challenging at times that can be, but it's also what comes with the territory of being a professional, right? So, um, with that being said, I I think the big, the big takeaway is that I just learned a lot from the experience. Um, 
but you know, hopefully the goal is right to go through something and be better off because of it. You are, I think built better than most to handle that. I mean, it just based off your answer right there, you're a stronger, probably better person than I am. Cause even me, you know, I, I got so fired up and there are times where I wanted to come on this podcast and because you're away from it, just like hop on here and start talking shit. But I knew you know, I can't do that. And because you're, you were handling it so well, professionally, by well, I mean professionally, obviously you're pissed. You want to be out there. You think you can contribute. You know, you can contribute because you're handling it so well. It, it gave me some perspective. So thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, the other interesting thing about it too, is like, you don't, ever want to feel like you're handling it too well like you're content right right and i think anybody who kind of knows me whether that be like personally outside of the scope of the miami heat or internally within within the the confines of our facility and our organization i don't think anybody thought that i was just like cool with it right you know what i mean like i I think people understand the kind of like competitive nature um that I have and the disposition that I that I bring to like my work and how seriously I take my craft um and and just like being a professional and you know understanding too that like in a moment in a season that there are times when being a professional has to come first and I think there was a general trust that I would get my priorities right in that sense that if this were to happen to me that, um, and, and I think I've earned that trust with how I've like handled myself and the habits that I've developed. But, um, you know, it is, it is a tough line to walk because obviously that's not something I want to like just kind of go through and be all like smiley about, even if we are winning and, and, and like be about the team, but still like have your own, uh, you know, kind of, added fuel to the fire which certainly I know. but that says a lot about you though like i think that says a lot about who you are as a person because there are locker rooms that have to deal with politics they have to manage politics and i would imagine that's true even in the playoffs for, team, yeah, for, for some sure. teams like yeah. you have to manage ego you have to manage politics so for the for the this seems sort of backwards but for the heat to assume that you can go through that because i'm sure that that was the case i think that says something about who you are um, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I also that think seems a little speculative, but I, I mean, I appreciate what you're saying. I, I think that the, we talk a lot about how playoff competition, what's really unique about it. And as you move along throughout the playoffs, right? Because each round in theory, it gets harder and harder. Not in theory. It does get harder and harder, regardless of who your opponent is. It's really unique because it totally strips you down from a competition standpoint it, it exposes every little flaw that you have individually as a team so if it's doing that which it does I guess where it, it can kind of become tricky is if you don't have all your ducks in a row that can be a, a serious competitive disadvantage and I where I was kind of taking my mind to was like all right if this is the current circumstance I'm not going to be responsible for a competitive disadvantage, yeah, right? right? Like I'm already, I can't necessarily contribute the way that I had hoped or want to in terms of on the court, but I'm certainly not going to be a competitive 
disadvantage. Um, and you know, for me, like the other kind of shift became, all right, whatever that opportunity is, because I I did feel like it was going to come around and it didn't necessarily come around in the way that I had hoped or anticipated, but in life, like things rarely do. Um, but I kind of shifted my perspective of like, all right, well, I'm just going to make sure whatever opportunity I am presented, I will be prepared and ready for. And that's one thing where like, I don't, I definitely don't like regret it because I'd rather be on the other side on like the more committed side to it. But like, I think maybe I, I pushed that a little bit too much where I was like, you know, working out extra lifting, extra doing all this stuff to where like, I probably wasn't my like best, most rested, ready to go self, uh, on game days. But that's, once again, that's something that you, you, I just, I'm willing to live with, you know what I mean? Um, and also like in a way (laughs) committing myself to like the additional workouts or this, that, or whatever also kind of gives me just a a peace of mind. (laughs) It's it's a way of coping. Yeah. It is definitely a way of coping instead of just like you know, sitting at home or doing this or that. Um, so what are, are just you kind of like living in my own mind, like doing something active, doing something physical where I can lift and, and work out, get extra shots, do all that sort of stuff. Um, I think helps. So are you, you're like going in the gym post game? No, I don't do the post game thing. That's, you're just working in extra workouts in a week. Yeah. I don't, I don't do the post game thing. I've talked about this on here and I used to do the post game thing earlier on in my career. Um, I'll post game lift occasionally, but I I won't post game shoot because I always just try to tell myself like, all right, well, if I had played 30 minutes and, you know, went eight of 12 from three, I I wouldn't shoot post game. So why would I now try to like supplement my work post game? Like instead I just change my routine, right? So like I I change my daily routine. So, um, you know, instead of if I'm coming – you know, before practice to get treatment when I'm playing 30 minutes, 25 minutes or whatever, and, and doing like more of a recovery lift and then getting some shots or spots in the court. Now all of a sudden the shift becomes like, I'm going to go get like my body primed and prepped. I'm going to lift harder. I'm going to work out harder. I'm not just going to shoot spots. I'm not going to do this. I'm actually going to like kind of get like a game simulated workout. I'm going to do my extra conditioning because I'm not getting that anymore when I'm playing as much. So in an opportunity that, you know, my minutes get extended and I have to play like I'm able to do so. I gotcha. So to bring this back to where we sort of started, game one, you go for 27, right? And then that next game is six minutes. Then it's not 15 again in that series. Yeah. Do you... I don't think it was... Well... It, it wasn't really 15. 15 in the rest of the playoffs, except for I yeah. think game... Yeah. You know, we kind of got blown out and I played. Do you have any sense... Did you have any sense that that was coming or was that a surprise? Because cause what you said something interesting earlier, the reason I ask is you talked about how, you know, it's like whatever opportunity I get, I will parlay into, you know, and you've talked about that mindset before too, right? Like same thing at Michigan. It's like, okay, I moved to the bench. Well, I'm going to take advantage of whatever opportunity I do get and earn those minutes back. I'm going to earn that position back. I mean, whatever. That's the mindset. It has to be to survive you get your opportunity in game one, you do what you do, right? You're a top five, top three shooter in the world. You do what you do. But when that doesn't then parlay into more opportunity, are you aware of that? Like, how do you, is it easier to justify because you know that's coming or are you blindsided by it? And then like, how do you grapple with that? No, I was surprised by it. Um, 
but you know that kind of what i was alluding to earlier like things don't always go according to plan so just because you're surprised by something doesn't mean that it necessarily has to be like debilitating and you know i i think that that particular game one to game two shift of that series was something that i probably let bother me a little bit more than i should have um and you know because in in game three i i think i played i got my like six minute run in the first half and uh i think i missed i don't even really remember but i think i missed a couple of shots and, and didn't play as well whereas like in game one of that series i came out and got my six to admit at that Early. point it was more like eight or nine minute shift but yeah. i made a couple and turned it into whatever it was 25 so 25 minutes and you know throughout the rest of the game so like i still think if like in game three i came out and hit some shots you know that's why i'm i'm not like here and eager to like put the burden or, or like responsibility on other people like I I still think that if I had like handled my business and and made shots and defended better than I I did and know that I'm capable of doing um and and that's the other side of it like once you once things kind of like start to gain gain momentum like momentum works both ways you know in game one when I when I make shots momentum works in terms of like all right like get Duncan another shot let's get Duncan another look in games whatever three four or basically kind of in like little spurts throughout the rest of the playoffs it's like if i command if somebody draws a foul on me all right let's go back to it like momentum works in yeah, that way too yeah, so totally you know you can become a lightning rod in two directions um and in that sense you know it's it's part of the challenges and pitfalls that come with like high level competition and, and that's where like i do feel like a good amount of the responsibility um is on me to like shore up areas weaknesses that can be exposed in in high level competition and um you know with that being said i do still feel like my my best version and what i'm capable of is can absolutely contribute to like winning at the highest level and winning the championship and it has yeah i think there's like a track record for that um as well i mean i think in playoffs in the past i've i've absolutely contributed to to winning and um you know, we've also talked a lot about like situation and opportunity. And, uh, you know, I think that's like the big shift, right. And, in my role was my situation was different. My opportunity was different. And, um, that's also just like the nature of a season. Sometimes, you know, things kind of ebb and flow and change. And, um, you know, that's why I ultimately feel like the responsibility falls on myself to not be in that situation not put myself in that situation again as to where like it's got to be non-negotiable you know that i'm that i'm out there um and you know i i have empathy and compassion for people that you know like someone like spo obviously he's he's coached at the highest level and and uh you know proven that he's you know far far more than just adequate you know one of the considered a top 15 coach of all time or whatever he was voted and uh surefire hall of famer it's like he's in the seat that he's in and he has to make tough decisions and you know i'm sure that's not a decision that he makes lightly but at the end of the day like it's not necessarily personal as much as it feels like it is um it's just part of the challenge that comes with being in that chair and uh yeah that doesn't make it any easier for me to to swallow or or to deal with but it's just kind of the the nature of the business, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And and you, you know, you live with the decision. Like he he chose to go with a defensive minded 
athletic wings off the bench. And then you guys have games like, I'm going to go chronologically. You guys get past Atlanta and then you get to Philly. Game one, you have your first DMP. Game two, you then come in, I think it's garbage time in game two. Yeah, it was garbage right? time. Yeah, 50 seconds, last 50 seconds. And so we've talked about this a little bit, but what I think is so interesting about those two games is, okay, at that point, it becomes clear that you're moving away from the rotation. I mean, again, in game one, you don't play. Game two, it's just garbage time. But the reaction after game two nationally is so much different than game one. Game one, you got you don't play, you guys win, awesome. Game two, you guys win, but you're up so big that you come in at the end because now that's your apparently that's where you're at. And then it becomes, oh, Duncan's not playing. Duncan's not in the rotation. Wow, he's out there in garbage time. And then it really picks up in games three and four in Philly because you guys are shooting it so poorly. And you're sitting there on the bench. So there's a lot there, but... First, I think it's really interesting the how the reaction becomes so much louder when you get the garbage time. It's like that is a different thing than just not playing. Do you feel that too? I mean, that's just more highlighting that the vast majority of those kind of pundits or whatever are just situational viewers, right? Like yeah. they they turn they tune on the playoffs. They don't really have a clear pulse of what's going on on individual teams or what's happening or the so trend they recognize. It's oh, that, yeah. It's just like, and, and I think the other side of it too, like after game one and at halftime of game two, like there were a couple interactions, you know, we're crossing at half court, uh, you know, with the Sixers, like guys like checking in, like, are you hurt? Are you is something to matter? And I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. Um, so I think there was like a, just kind of a general confusion of kind of what was happening um, just because, you know, I think if, if you look at the Miami Heat over the last, you know, since I've since my second year, right? Um, I had kind of been the constant in terms of I've I've started. You know, I think I missed like two games, three two games because of COVID, and had started basically all the other ones. And uh, obviously, Jimmy is the big constant, but I mean in terms of like nightly basis, right? Like Jimmy had missed X amount of games this year, twenty plus or whatever it was um and, and maybe missed you know 15 to 25 the year before so it's like I just had always kind of been in the lineup so I think for a lot of people that was um who had kind of just been loosely following us had kind of always just plugged me into that that role um but I yeah I think that more just speaks to like people not being super tapped in but I, I will say like after that game it was interesting because game one you know I was that was like the first time i straight up DMP'd. So I was like, damn, okay. Um, this is new. And then game two was obviously tracking and trending towards being a DMP. And I, I get thrown in there in the last 50 seconds. And, uh, I feel like I do a pretty, pretty damn good job of kind of building up a, a little barrier around me in terms of like what I let in. And that was a moment where like, I couldn't, uh, necessarily fully, keep everything out because er everyone was texting me like, yo, is everything okay? Blah, blah, yeah. what's going on? But like, so at that moment, that was one where, uh, it wasn't quite a hermetic seal. Uh, great, great science. Really good. Okay, ding, ding, ding. That's our word of the day. Yeah. Hermetic seal. Um, so in that sense, that was kind of like, whoa, this, this is where we're at, <laughs> you know, kind of like a reality check. Um, because you have a tendency to kind of get so, uh, 
trapped in your day-to-day grind like and and that's what i i resort to that on steroids when i'm like going through something where i just become so routine oriented and so like diabolically dialed into my routine of like nope this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna keep doing this 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 and that was one where it was like a little bit of a disruptor um and then you know we went to philly and i didn't play in three and four and those are those are equally challenging just because i felt like those are games i definitely could have help us win but you know who would I be as a competitor if I didn't think I could help us win you know what I mean so it's like that's also tough and you know I alluded to Spo having to make tough decisions it's, it's part of you know just what it is and uh it doesn't make it doesn't make it easy uh definitely a challenge but um you know we ultimately ended up winning it in six and uh advanced into the next round so you know it's it's just kind of it's also interesting how like this this comes back to the situation and opportunity of like I think because I did play in game five a little bit and uh, you know got got thrown out there after I think part of it was like just kind of not not the not the absurdity but like just how clear it was like we really struggled in three and four and shooting and I wasn't playing, I, I had felt the momentum had kind of come back around where I was going to get a shot in game five. And, um, but you know, being just kind of thrown out there, it's like, Hey, we're not making shots, go make a shot is like, and I'm, I truly feel like I'm built for it, but like, that's also a totally different perspective and and situation and role and challenge. Um, but you know, playoffs, playoff basketball isn't easy. So, um, and, and the rim's still 10 feet, I'm pretty sure, uh, even when I just get thrown out there for three minutes and expect to make a shot. So there's no excuses in that regard. Well, it's so. not just expect to make a shot. It's three minutes, you go 0 for 1, and then it's like, all right, well, he's, it's not his night. Yeah, right. right, right. So you said a couple of things that are interesting that I want to go back on. One, you said there are, you said Sixers guys coming up to you like, what's going on? Are you hurt? Like, did you get the sense they were like, glad you aren't playing? Uh... I don't know about glad. I mean, I will say like there was, there was a a cut, and I'm not gonna like get too far into it. And it wasn't even necessarily in the Sixers series, but like there were some conversations around. I think our our scout just becomes a little bit easier um, when you're trying to slow us down because kind of what I do is just it's it's like a curveball, you know, in in terms of traditional offense. Um, and, and that's not specific to the Miami. Like you look around the league and, and that's one thing that is really interesting. We can get into like the Warriors um, in, in this current se- series that the Warriors and Celtics are in right now. But like, you know, everybody's kind of playing the same, you know, now everybody's and, and I think I think we do Miami does something. We, we do some different things as well. I think the Warriors are entirely different. You know, it's like if if everybody uh, I suppose actually use this and I really like it. So I'm going to steal it. It's like, if everybody in the NBA is speaking French, the Warriors are, are speaking Greek, right? Like they're, they're, they're just totally doing something entirely different offensively. And, and what most of the NBA is doing is they're just calling up, you know, weakest defender playing, you know, spread playing ISO, uh, and then playing out overreactions and drive, spray, kick, all that sort of stuff. Um, but what you have to prepare for, I think when I'm in the lineup is is just kind of a wrinkle to that because, you know, the handoffs, the catch and shoots, it's just a different action than, you know, your 35 to 40 middle ball screens, uh, mid pick and rolls and ISOs, 
you know, it's just, it's just kind of a different pace. Um, so I think in that sense, like, I think maybe we just become a little bit easier to prepare for. Um, but you know, there's, there's give and take, you know, and, and that's part of the nature of, of being a coach and making tough decisions. You did. There were a couple games where I thought that was still very apparent. Like even in the short stints you got, I think it was game five, maybe in Boston, you came in and you're just flying off handoffs, flying off pin downs. And you can tell the overreaction that comes from the defense in those moments. And I'm not just saying this to hype you up. Like there is a lot. Yeah, of you're not just saying this because this is my podcast. No, but and, dunk yeah, our podcast. Look, sorry. we don't need to name names, but there are people who reached out to me who reached out to me in the NBA who were like saying exactly what you're saying. These guys are easier to guard when Duncan's not out. Are there. you are you considered an NBA insider no, now? Of course not. <laughs> of course not. You I think you've you now... guys can probably guess who those people are. <laughs> right, right, right. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What I learned throughout, and this is just a message for you know, anybody who I think is going through this and is actually a, a good friend of mine, college teammate of mine, uh, Andrew Dockich, current assistant coach at Illinois State, uh, college roommate, good friend, and not to throw too much shade at him, but he had some experience being in that same situation that I was in, being a kind of a bench guy who towards the end of his career got more opportunities, but it was never like, hey, this is your moment. This We're going to give you the ball. It was never that for him throughout his career. And the advice he basically gave me was like, just do whatever you can to give in to the team. Like get outside of your head by giving and breathing life into other people. Be the best freaking teammate you can possibly be. Be vocal. If you're speaking, talking, celebrating, cheering, you know, yelling out defensive coverages, then you're not in your own head thinking about, am I going to check in? And you're going to be 10 times more ready when you do. Um, so shout out to Doc. Uh, for that because he, he gave me some good advice um it's amazing advice yeah it it's, is it's amazing advice and it's it makes it like you said it makes it that much easier to stay engaged which i think is the hard which is the hardest part because it's the importance of guys like that at the end of the bench that creates winning locker rooms i i, I truly believe that you don't yeah i mean i think they're important the same way you know an athletic I uh, no, not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna they're important, but like obviously the most important thing is you of know like of course you're not it's not like I was the difference in game six in Boston. Of like course no, not. Jimmy but, Butler having forty seven. But you can points. move the needle. You I mean marginally, yeah. I think the the idea is 
not that those people are so important, but more so yeah, careful, every yeah. more, more so that everything matters. Of course, well, yeah. when you get to that level of competition, everything matters. We're saying the same. I think we're saying we're the same not thing. because you're trying to create some sort of like grandiose thing of like, oh, you know, pat myself on the back. Yes, yeah. I was leading the charge. <laughs> you know, like it's just not. It's all right. It's important to accept reality, not deny reality. No, hold on. I'm not saying you're leading the charge, but I'm saying right. that you you make a difference. I will tell you who who actually helped me also throughout the process and who did really make a difference was Mark you know, cause that's somebody who's been an NBA champion, uh, had an illustrious career, just a really, really good basketball player. And for him, and, and we don't need to totally unpack that whole thing, but like for him to be in the situation that he's in is entirely unfair in a lot of different ways. And he deserves to be out there and deserves to be playing. Um, and not to say once again, that he was always perfect, but like, he was making a difference, especially yeah. in that Boston series in terms of like, you know, leadership, being vocal and doing all those sorts of things. So, yeah. So you're, what you're doing is you agree, you're a, a, a well, whatever. You're supporting my point. Those, I suppose. Those things matter. They matter. In I winning suppose. basketball, they matter. I mean, you guys. All the pieces matter. Shout you, out the wire. Sure. All the pieces matter. Yeah. You got, you guys lost, but it's like you got to the Eastern, you got one shot away essentially from going to the finals and that's because it seemed like everyone was bought in. Like you were vocal on the bench. Markeith is vocal on the bench. Sure. We all know what UD is like on the bench. Like yeah. those things matter. To have those guys. All the pieces matter. Whatever. I'll stop trying to, to give you All the flowers. pieces matter. Thank what do you got? Matter. What else? Uh, anything else we want to unpack in your journey here? Um, no, I don't think I have anything else. Unless there's a pressing issue that you'd like for me to unpack more. I don't think more. so. No, I thought that was you're honest. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, there's a lot of self reflection. Yeah, that that occurred as well. I know? mean, look, I think it'd be easy for you to come. Sit, not easy, but you could come sit here and be like, "This is bullshit." Like, I should have been out there. Yeah, I mean, I think you go through phases, right? Like, I I don't think that, and there wasn't. There were points where I think that, I, and but felt how couldn't that you? Yeah, I mean, again, of it's, course, it's what you talked about. Like, you'd be wrong if you never felt that way. Yeah, like you're not a pushover. Like. I mean, I think now too, like with where I'm at right now, it's one of those things that I can't dwell on, but I can definitely not forget. Right. And, and that's, I'm trying to shift my perspective now of like, okay, now with the off season, I have this incredible opportunity with this newly built in, packed in motivation, right? Like motivation is just if saying it's at an all time high would probably be an understatement. Yeah. Um, after all the just trash, garbage, noise out there that exists. And I feel like I'm actually in a place where I think I'm channeling it in a healthy way. <laughs> um, or I'm eager to channel it in a healthy way, uh, to see if I am. I mean, yeah, I I'm just this off season, um, I really feel it will, will will be a special one. I do. That felt like a really eloquent, calculated way to be like, "Fuck you guys." <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, nah. And, and nah. you guys is, you can. You I mean, no, nah, but it's 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 a it's a combination, right? Like, I don't think it serves a purpose to have all the blame, just extend outwards right like it's a combination of 
the vast majority of the blame I have to like deal with and, and find a way to navigate through myself. Right. Like it's ultimately I'm the individual, like everyone else that says all the noise or does all this bullshit or has their opinions, you know, they have their, their families and they go home and rest their head at night and and live their lives. Like I, I am ultimately responsible for myself. So like, yeah, all that chatter can like inspire and incite and light uh fire like within me but it's just like a little bit of sprinkling some gasoline on top like the fire is all yeah salt bay gasoline on top like the fire exists now that i i've created my own kind of fucked up and twisted yeah little worlds um where i have plenty of that you but know that's how internally. you've always been you've always been that way like I, you, yeah. that's You've talked, and we talked about, we've talked about it, I think on this podcast, we've definitely talked about it privately. It, it's what you've been your whole life. Like you've been the underdog counted out D3 benched at Michigan. Like, again, it's this journey is not new. And so that fire, I think you've had that competitive, like I have to prove everybody wrong thing forever. And then for the first time in your life, you are validated with an NBA contract (laughs) And you find that fire again. Oh, you think I got comfortable? I'm not saying that, but I'm what I'm saying is, in case you did, that quickly went away. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I definitely don't think I got comfortable because I I maintain my same my same you know regimen and everything. I think, um, you know, you're you're right though in that. I I think I show you know my competitive spirit and grit exists in a different way, and it and it manifest in a different way it's not necessarily the same way as other competitors right like in terms of somebody that's gonna like Draymond for example maybe uh, you know you watch him play last night and it's just like obviously he's playing with the he's just like crazy running football yeah he's you know it's and he's he's loud he's and he's talking and that's who he is that's that's him playing to his strengths and being who he is I think that my kind of competitiveness rears its head in, in a different way. Um, and honestly, it's, it's, it's more like in empty, in an empty gym and in, in closed behind closed doors and in that sort of setting. Um, and not, not definitely not saying that one is right and one is wrong. Um, they're just different, but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that there's an interesting juxtaposition there between nine months ago being validated in this, you know, life altering way. Um, and then just sh- short or nine short months later, kind of like, all right, back to the drawing board. Talk Let's about go. experiencing yeah. both ends of a yeah. spectrum. I mean, yeah. it's like, could not have been more of a polar opposite yeah. thing. Yeah. Seems like something that should be uh, unpacked in a therapy session. It, it does. I mean, in a way, it does. But no, it kind of feels like this is what this has been. Yeah, in a way, a very public-facing therapy session. Um, all right, big, big, uh, strong proponent for, or strong supporter of, I should say, of, of of therapy. Um, so okay, so you talk about the fire burning as bright as ever. It's just I'm cooking s'mores on it over here. Have you ever seen uh, Lord of the Rings? Yeah. You know, I can't remember the name of it, but where they're they're going to burn the ring. Yeah, the uh, the eye. That's I think that's Saruman, maybe. But the volcano. It's not, but it has a name. It's like a lava pit. Yeah, it's but like that. It's that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the fire. Where is it in your body? 
just all over. It's everywhere. Yeah. You feel it in your toes. My toes. Crinkle your nose. Okay. Wherever it goes, you always know. Who's that? Jason Mraz? No. Colby Clay. Yes. Colby Clay. That's nice. I don't know why I thought Jason Mraz. That's good. He's a talented individual. No, I can though, feel it Jason over here. Mraz. I'm actually warm. Yeah. It feels like it's coming from like a your right. Knee. All right, let's keep it. Um, keep you're talking about the fire burning bright for this summer. What are your summer plants? Can you hit us with those? I actually don't know, so I'm I'm just asking. Let's you just do. Friends. Let's just keep it high level. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, last year, remember you said I'll keep it vague. We're somewhere in California, and I was like, Yeah, we're here in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, let's keep it high level, ten thousand foot view. Basically, just getting the body right, right. A uh, lot of time in the gym, locationally. Uh, I'm staying local, South Florida, uh, for the most part. And I'll I'll pop up here very occasionally, see some family. Um, we'll go out to Vegas for two days for summer league, um, just to touch base with you know teams and yep. people and do some interviews, all that sort of stuff. But uh, most of my summer will be spent. What do the kids call it these days? The lab in the lab. Yeah, where is you are in the facility? Like if you're in Miami, you have access to all that. I'll you be have, in facilities. Do you? Who's trains you down there? Just different people. All we'll right, see. Fine. Yeah, you can't you can't unveil the curtain entirely. You know, yeah. you, you gotta uh, you know keep it vague. Do you when you say get the body right? Do you want to change your composition? Absolutely. At all? Yeah. In change your body comp. Put on some weight. Mobility is a big thing. Do a lot of Pilates. Uh, get that right. A lot of strength work. A lot of speed work. Move the feet. You know, slow feet. Do not eat. And. I like that. I gotta get my feet faster. Slow feet do not eat. What is it, speed ladder? A lot of speed ladders. Some, yeah, the scal, the Brian Scalabrini yeah. <laughs> speed ladder. Uh, might be breaking that out. Uh, carry that with me around. We'll I see. Love it. I love it. Um, all right, you clearly don't want to talk a lot about that. Yeah, I just you know. I get it. Uh, I don't whatever. need. I, I feel like. Don't let them see it'll the work. Speak, yeah, I'll speak for itself. It's the Damian Lillard thing. The goal is for it to speak. Don't for let them see the work. Yeah. You. We need to make a video of you running around doing a tennis rackets yeah there you go all that stuff um all right you want to talk nba finals just briefly sure yeah um, what's our runtime right now what are we at i don't know 53 minutes oh perfect let's go another let's get to an hour okay um or close yeah i don't know maybe we do this for two minutes okay i just want your thoughts on the finals because you we talked about it a little bit we watched game two last night together i don't know when did the people are gonna, the people might get this after game three okay um Game three is a massive game in a one-one series, by the way. Massive. So these these might be some cold takes. They could be. Yeah. But we're not afraid to give them. Anyway. No. Well, no, but I'll I, stand on it. I you we talked about uh, matchups a little bit yesterday, and I thought some of the stuff you said was interesting. Uh, with the Celtics having Tatum guarding Draymond, and Robert Williams guarding wiggins whoever they classify on the court as a non-shooter gary payton wiggins yeah and how you you're, can you just talk a little bit about that because i thought you could do that better than i could but i thought you know, it's not new we have it's not anything new we've seen from the celtics but having someone on draymond pressuring him not letting him see the floor play quarterback it, yeah it worked in game one it didn't work so much in game two but is that something you anticipate seeing moving forward yeah i mean starting off i was very intrigued, just matchup-wise, and, and it tends to change throughout the series, but uh, with how the Celtics chose to match up, because obviously Celtics' defense has been kind of what they've hung their hat on uh, 
since this run that they've been on since February or, or whatever. And, you know, I think with us, it's a little bit, it was a little bit clearer how they would choose to match up. And the Warriors, as I was alluding to earlier, they're just so unique with how they play offense. And I think one thing that where a lot of teams make mistakes once again, I, I didn't write the Encyclopedia of Basketball, so this is, these are my own opinions. I uh, just want to throw that di- disclaimer out there. Uh, but I think one thing where a lot of teams do make mistakes is they say, oh, well, Draymond Green can't shoot. Uh, we don't really need to guard him, and we're going to put a big on him, or we're going to do this, that, or whatever, or we're going to let him catch it in the post and just kind of like do what he does. And Draymond Green is like – obviously, Steph Curry is the focal point of their offense, but Draymond Green is – kind of like the fulcrum in which it all pivots off of. And if you just let him catch, if you just let him handle, if you just let him operate in space, if you just let him post up, you're creating a nightmare for yourself defensively because he is so good at finding Stephen Clay and JP and getting to handoffs and setting screens. And if you don't have a body on him at the point of those screens or those handoffs, those guys are just coming off and letting it fly um, and, and playing in space, which, you know, any of those three Wiggins too, even in, in space is really, really dangerous. So I think the first thing that jumped out to me was they put Tatum on Draymond. They put, uh, Robert Williams on Wiggins and they put Al on uh come on Looney. And you know, that allows the the unique thing to me was that they put uh Robert on or Bob Williams on Wiggins and not uh Horford. But because because what Williams cha- Robert Williams changes the entire game with just his help side defense being in the paint. It's kind of like a Giannis Esque kind of thing where he just kind of roams and plays free safety and is always at those dots, always in the painted area. So everything at the rim just becomes so challenging. Um, so I think in that respect, I, I thought that was a really interesting adjustment. They they tried to do the same thing in game two, obviously did not work to, to the same effect. I think the big thing in the series uh, is ultimately going to be if the Celtics can score. And, you know, you watch in, in our series, because you're you're not going to stop the Warriors. They're going to have these runs, you know, third quarters and all sorts of things where they just explode. And you got to obviously be able to limit what they do offensively, but you have to be able to score with them. And, you know, what we did defensively against the Celtics was basically load up on Tatum and Brown and just really be heavy in the gaps and, you know, be on blocks and elbows and uh, – or sorry, yeah, blocks and elbows, said that right – um and and make them get off the ball right and the games in which they won they did and they got off the ball early in the game because and that and that to me is a is a huge differentiating factor is if they get off the ball early in the game and guys like grant williams peyton pritchard uh Derek white marcus smart like they get rhythm shots early in the game and throughout the first three quarters that three that they're now shooting in the fourth quarter looks totally different if they're three of six or three of five than if they're like oh of one or, or or one of three. Like you have to 
Like they don't, those guys don't want to get off the ball as the game comes down to the wire. Like when it comes to nut crunching time. Um, so if they've gotten off the ball throughout the course of a game, it's just the ball moves, there's drives, kicks, sprays, their offense just functions significantly better. Um, but the interesting thing is the Warriors haven't kind of loaded up to those guys the same way that we did. And as a result, you've seen like what Derek White did in game one, where he goes nuts and, and has a huge game. Marcus played great in game one as well. So I think it's ultimately going to be like those other guys. I, I think Tatum and uh, Tatum and Brown are, are have proven to be like obviously really, really capable and talented scorers. Um, but I think it's going to ultimately come down to those other like Al, Al had 26 in game one. And, um, you know, I think they said that the the other starters had six points in game two yeah, collectively. Al, uh, Marcus, right? And, yeah, <clears throat> so I, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a great, great series. The other interesting thing is like the Celtics haven't been great at home. You know, it's not like you're going back to Boston and um, you know are guaranteeing two wins. You know, far from it. Like they've been actually better on the road in the playoffs. So I think it's gonna be a great, great finals for sure. It's been fun. Do you? Like, are you invested at all? No. You don't care? Do not care. It makes no difference to you? No, not really. I mean, it's not us, so it's like... Yeah. No, fair. um, No, I I just want to see... I'd love to see seven games. I'd love to see good basketball. That's fair. I mean, I guess there's a part of you that, like, I guess maybe it feels a little better to, like, lose to the eventual champions, but... Or to see, like, JP get a ring. Yeah, fine. But the Warriors... It's okay. You can say you don't have. No, I mean I love JP. That's my guy. Nick Nick gets a ring if the Celtics win. Nick, yeah. There was this fun stat that of the your sister actually told me this yesterday. I didn't know this, but when it got to the conference finals, whoever won, there was going to be a Michigan guy. That's right. Coach Beeline actually all put us on a text thread. Go blue. And uh, sent out a text and said, I'm so proud of all you guys. One mm-hmm. of you guys is going to be getting a ring. It's so beautiful. And there was some shit talking that took place in, in the text. Someone was like, it's going to be us. No, it's going to be us. It was fun. Speaking of text, did anyone reach out to you during the playoffs? Sure. Like, a bunch of people did. Anyone notable who you hadn't heard from in a while? Um, I'm not trying to put private individual conversations on blast all right fine sorry i know it's not very fun i will i will say uh ryan anderson flew out to miami uh, for game seven and uh last minute flight that one meant a lot to wow. me love Ryan. it's good guy. stuff yeah. i didn't know that i i wasn't trying to lead to an answer i was genuinely curious no no i mean a bunch of people a bunch of people reached out and um you know we're very supportive uh of kind of what I, the challenges that i was going through and just encouraging so it's always nice i guess beautiful I mean, it doesn't really make it feel that much better, but it's it does. still good. Um, all right. That's all I got. That's all you got? Yeah. That was fun. What, is, we for what can people expect this summer from the pod? A lot. Nice. We're dialing it up. You're dialing it up. I'm just kind of along for the ride. No, 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 no. I'm just kind of holding on to coattails and just, you know, here we go. Now we're dialing it up. Blue Wire's got the beautiful studio at, uh, at the wind that we have for Summer League, so we're mm. going to knock some stuff out there. Love uh, that. We got some people we're lining up we got some stuff we're trying to do outside of the podcast that, pretty vague yeah keep it vague but I, there's some good stuff yeah, i'm gonna say i'm excited about it you have a big week coming up really the reason i flew here to uh interview with you is because i couldn't come to miami in a couple of days because you're going under the knife uh i am you're getting am. a nose job <laughs> no uh we don't have to talk about it. I mean, this feels like a HIPAA violation. It, it might be. <laughs> no. I mean, I think I can talk about it, but 
maybe I could. Uh, can I not talk about open it? a class action lawsuit against you or civil lawsuit? Yeah. Sorry, we can cut uh, this for bringing up my. I think it's interesting. Safety. It's also relevant to your pelt playing career. Yeah, no, I. You're gonna look so much I have better a fracture, on the court with your nose. Job. I think this is from a long time ago. I have a fracture in my nose um, that has resulted in a deviated septum of sorts. Mm. Uh, turns out I, I really have always, you know, I, I do a lot of yoga. I do a lot of Pilates and I really struggle to nasal breathe. I have my whole life. And I thought, it, I just thought that's how the body was. I thought everybody struggled to nasal breathe. And, uh, I've been listening and reading more. Andrew Huberman did an entire podcast, Huberman lab, uh, podcast on nasal breathing and the benefits and importance of it. And I talked to teammates who'd gotten the same kind of thing. I'm not going to name their names because that would definitely be a HIPAA yes, violation. I will not either. Um, and they said it was like life changing for their sleep, for their performance, for their uh, conditioning, all those sorts of things. So, yeah, it's uh, I'm opting in to the surgery. It's not. It's totally. It's totally an elected. Sur- hey, elected no one surgery. has to get a nose job. Yeah. <laughs> it's not what it is nothing structurally well actually structurally will change but nothing visually will change you can't parlay it into like actually could you bring this down (laughs) no nothing visually will change i'll be uh still the same old self uh it's gonna change you're gonna sleep better yeah no yeah hopefully it's i i really hope that it is life-changing i mean we'll see you know what is gonna be really interesting for the long shot community is we're gonna know in two weeks if you sound different yeah that's an interesting caveat because if you can't breathe through your nose i imagine like talk with a plugged nose you sound ridiculous yeah we'll see so maybe but yeah maybe you'll sound different yeah i mean it's it's i figured the time was now um it's gonna be great it doesn't really take put you out for that long so it's just you know well, ten, good luck 10 days or so and then I'm, I'm gonna hit the ground running with my training but all right well it's gonna be beautiful you're gonna be a changed man next time we see you shall see we shall see all right, that's all I got. Uh, just just a, some housekeeping moving forward. So do I intro hello and welcome uh, yeah, we're gonna from now to, on, or is it still you? I think we're going to have to fight it Should over. we leave it up to a vote? Yeah, we'll leave it up to we'll a vote. leave it up to I a think vote. I will win the vote, actually. You probably will, dude. You're, you're way more liked than I am. <laughs> Publicly, for right sure. Now, right now, for <laughs> yeah. sure. But I even think within our community, you're yeah. way more liked. I don't, think that, I don't think that's true. We'll put it up to a vote. Who's cooler? All right. Davis is definitely cooler. All right, bye. Uh, I dress better, but Davis is cooler. All right, and that'll we do. We did. No, I, I'll take it out. Okay, go ahead. Okay, see ya. Bye-bye. <laughs>